host, Leah Sarah-Pierre, and welcome to my podcast, Pierre Med. I'm a Canadian medical student, human rights, global health, and social justice advocate, as well as just an ordinary human being. As of March 24th, 2021, the PMED podcast is an initiative affiliated with the PMED Foundation, an organization started and inspired by the very beginnings of these conversations. PMED's mission is serving humanity, connecting people, stories, and places. It is a platform that gives a voice to the voiceless, an ear to the helpless, and seeks to empower youth, physicians, and leaders far and wide. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking to Humanity in Health, an initiative started by high school student Srinidhi Sarifalai, designed specifically to educate her peers and future healthcare professionals. She's on a quest to ensure greater cultural competency in healthcare, a necessity to overcoming systemic racism and the many disparities faced by our communities of color. Why is it that current healthcare providers lack cultural competency? What role does culture play in medicine? How can we, as youth and medical students, educate our peers about the importance of cultural competency in medicine? How can we be better and more humane professionals, serving and interacting with populations? If you've answered yes to any of those questions, Listen as I dive into discussion with Srinidhi and how she's tackling this problem. Srinidhi Saripalai is a junior at Novi High School, originally from Michigan and the founder of Humanity in Health. Having been exposed to the healthcare disparities in America, she has made it her objective to ensure the next generation of healthcare professionals are culturally competent and aware of the unique needs of populations of color. As such, she has committed to educating her peers about patient diversity and disparities existent in the community, and she believes this is necessary to overcoming the problems faced in our world. Welcome to the PMED podcast, Stream Nidhi. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. So you started Humanity in Health. What is Humanity in Health exactly? So Humanity in Health is a student-run organization that is dedicated to educating future healthcare professionals about the importance of cultural competence and also the knowledge of healthcare disparities. And we do this primarily by publishing bi-weekly blog posts that are about various topics regarding cultural competence and different medical practices among different groups. And we also have a podcast called the Discovering Humanity in Health podcast, and we invite healthcare professionals to share their experiences with medicine, how they implement cultural competence in their practice, and also how they're working to reduce healthcare disparities. That's phenomenal, Trinity, seeing you as a high schooler come up with such an initiative and to think about these important issues of cultural competency, about the way that it interplays in health is really inspiring. 
Thank so you. my my next question for you would be is how did humanity and health the name come about was it um, a particular story or maybe was it maybe over a discussion with your parents and then i wanted to ask you about how did the logo come about how was that created well there's not much of a story behind it i was just thinking of a couple of words that describe this quality of healthcare professionals to empathize on such a deep level with their patients and attend to their entire needs and you know i always viewed it as a very selfless and humanitarian position so that's just how i came up with it there's nothing too special and as for the logo i was just um, playing around on canva with the graphic designer and i thought that the heart really symbolized um, the selfless quality that physicians possess. So yeah, there's not too much to it. That's really beautiful still, I think, to uh, see how that came about. And particularly on the PMED podcast, our motto is serving humanity. So I think we have that in common about the concept of serving humanity at the forefront in all that we do, or particularly as physicians and healthcare professionals, especially because health is, a, is such a human right. And then my next question for you, Srinidhi, is what experiences paved way for you to learn or build greater cultural competence personally? Yeah, so for the past, like, I'd say seven to eight years, I volunteered at a soup kitchen in downtown Detroit through my religious organization. And that's where I really got exposed to the socioeconomic disparities in general. And I really saw how a lot of the residents at the soup kitchen I volunteered at weren't able to afford basic necessities such as food and shelter. And, you know, I was pretty young at the time, around 11 or 12 years old. And I'll admit that I came from a place of really high privilege. People not only have need food and shelter, but they also need quality health care. And I didn't realize this until one of the volunteers, who was a pharmacist, set up a free flu shot table around flu season. And that's when I started to really get interested in healthcare disparities, because I noticed that among the people who resided in the homeless shelter, a majority of them were of low socioeconomic status, and they were also primarily African-American. So I really started to notice these patterns. And when the opportunity came up, I participated in the HOSA event, Cultural Diversity and Disparities in Healthcare. And through HOSA, I was able to answer a lot of my questions as to how and why these disparities occur that I saw in the soup kitchen. That's really great. I really think volunteering or going out and serving alongside the community and seeing the way that the community interacts and the disparities that exist and how we as as future healthcare professionals can really tackle the issue. But I also feel like being part of a community or seeing a community, you see it through another lens and at the forefront of all that we do, like remembering that we're human and these are people just like ourselves who are worthy and capable of all human rights is fundamental. And so, and so Sri, um, what was Leah's story and why did this experience maybe stand out against all the other stories that propelled you as a student, as a, as a phenomenal leader in your community? Why did this propel you to take action? Yeah, so I mentioned that story a lot. So I first came up on Leah's story when I was reading one of the books that was part of the HOSA curriculum. 
And, you know, cultural competence has always had a profound impact on patient care, but I thought it was really well demonstrated by the story of a three-month-old Leah who was experiencing epileptic seizures when she was taken to the local hospital. And Leah's family immigrated from Hmong to the United States, and they knew these epileptic symptoms to be a term in Vietnamese, not Vietnamese, sorry, in Hmong that I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce, but essentially it means the spirit catches you and you fall down. And Leah's parents really saw it as a mixed blessing. And in other words, not only did Leah's parents believe that her soul was fleeing from her body and had become lost, but they also saw her symptoms as a spiritual gift. But on the other hand, the hospital believed that Leah was experiencing textbook seizures and Leah's family wasn't able to speak English and the hospital didn't have fluent Hmong translators. So this devastating cultural conflict experienced by Leah and her family lasted several years and left a wake of considerable pain to everyone involved. And sadly, after being in a vegetative state for 26 years, Leah had passed away. And the story is, um, this was like a really, really watered down version of it. And I think there is, there's a book that is called it's a story that's kind of a documentary about Leah's family and the healthcare experiences that they faced as an immigrant family in the United States. And it's really good. It really highlights this cultural conflict. So I encourage you guys to read it. And so Leah's story particularly was, was something that when you saw, you realized how important cultural competency uh, mm -hmm. is. Me personally, being a medical student or you as a, as a high schooler growing up, um, don't you think it's kind of outrageous that in the 21st century, in the world that we're living in, with the revolution of digitalization and technology and the many changes that have come about, we still face such significant issues such as social justice, discrimination exists, uh, physicians are not treating patients with proper care or going to the extent of understanding them or seeing through the lenses of equity. Don't you see this like outrageous or am I on the only one that finds this really absurd that the world we're living in has not upholded these important values? No, absolutely. I think it's really crazy. And it's even like um, Leah's story occurred around like 10, 15 years ago, and it's documented in the book, The Spirit Catches You and You Fall Down by Anne Fadiman. But we see a lot of these injustices that take place in healthcare, even currently with the COVID-19 disparity. Mm -hmm. You see like a lot of these, um, a lot of the minority groups that don't get access to healthcare really facing the brunt of COVID-19. And I think that's not, that's not really great at all. It, it really deters or uh, prevents them from actually living healthy lives. And if we look into the history of, of medical history, for example, or the socioeconomic systems and how they were built, we find that certain populations and minority groups were subject to discrimination. And the system needs to change and the system starting to change starts with the youth like us who are capable of pushing for change. Um, but I wanted to know personally, according to you, why do you think that there's such a need for cultural competence in particularly healthcare? Yeah, so as demonstrated by Leah's story, cultural competence is really essential to treating patients of backgrounds that may differ from our own. And 
obviously the United States is known to be a melting pot, right? So we mm-hmm. see so many people from so many different cultures, races, and ethnicities. And by educating ourselves about the different healthcare practices, keeping an open mind and recognizing that views of healthcare differ, we can not only attend to the patient's needs better, but also prevent healthcare disparities from occurring. I definitely agree with you on that. And our disparities are a result of the lack of cultural awareness that physicians have, or is it just a lack of knowledge that they do not know that there's like these cultural differences or religious differences that exist? I think it's a result of both. It's hard to say that a lack of knowledge is the primary reason or a lack of cultural awareness is the primary reason because there's so many other factors to consider when discussing the cause of healthcare disparities. Factors such as barriers to healthcare, socioeconomic status, and cultural practices and norms can also lead to healthcare disparities. So I'd say it's more of a combination of reasons. I think so too. It definitely does seem that in the system of of when we look or analyze why physicians are not receiving education or uh, training in that particular domain, it seems to be a combination of lack of training, lack of knowledge, uh, lack of general interest or biases are involved into this. So definitely I do agree with you that there's a combination of factors that hinder uh, patients from receiving proper proper care. But Sri, what do you think is the connection between health and illness? Um, I think before answering that question, it's important to like, to really think about what is health and what is illness, because that definition really varies among everyone. So the connection between health and illness would also vary among different people. For example, for some people, health might be feeling happy, feeling your best self, but to other people, it might be just in general, a lack of illness. So I think that connection is hard to establish in concrete words. I think it varies among different people and it just depends on the perspective. For sure. I also think that if you if you want to actually analyze the way that health and illness are, it could go on to be a long philosophical discussion. I was, I was asking you like the connection between health and illness. Um, do, you, do you think there's a connection between them? Yeah, definitely. I think, but I think the connection varies between other people. Why is it important for us to question our own beliefs regarding health, illness, race, ethnicity, and religion before we try to understand the beliefs of others? Yeah, so I can't actually take credit for that belief. It was actually written in a book called Cultural Diversity and Health and Illness by Rachel Spector. And she essentially argues in her book that we have to address our personal biases, stereotypes, and preconceived notions on different cultures, ethnicities, and races before starting to learn about said cultures, races, and ethnicities, and beliefs. And a part of that process is just exploring our own personal culture, race, ethnicity, and beliefs, and seeing where we lie in that regard we have to question ourselves like how we have to question our privilege is because we do not see from the lens of another person but in trying to understand them in trying to hear and 
inform ourselves, educate ourselves about different communities, the disparities they face, the way they live their lives, we, we become better human beings. And in order to actually serve our community, our people, and as future healthcare professionals, I think keeping that concept and those uh, belief systems in mind is truly important. Um, and Sri, not to like go uh, ahead of the questions, but I, I wanted to know you as a high school student now, do you uh, plan on, on becoming a future healthcare professional? Yeah, that's my goal. <laughs> Amazing. The world needs more doctors and you're doing such an incredible job with cultural competency and, and all that you advocate for through, through the different avenues that you uh, contribute to at school and extracurricularly. Um, but what can we as youth do to overcome the barriers faced by marginalized populations? Yeah, that's a really, really hard question because it's so tough to tackle these issues as kids. It's like trying to solve like world hunger. But that being said, there are definitely steps that we can take. And I think the biggest thing we can do is just educate ourselves. You know, a lot of kids, even aspiring future health future healthcare professionals aren't aware of medical practices among other cultures and not many people understand the severity of certain disparities and how they affect the community. So taking the necessary steps to educate ourselves is really important. And of course, we have to recognize that there's an issue before attempting to solve it, right? Mm -hmm. But we can also do other things like volunteering in underserved communities, advocating for minority groups and how they gain access to healthcare and starting initiatives and such. There's, when it comes to what we can do as youth, there's levels of advocacy, and these could stem from, as you mentioned, advocating in the community, serving in the community, but also like going to more grassroots level advocacy in terms of meeting with Congress members and informing them and through conversations pushing for policy changes. So there's always, I think, the dream of a few who are willing and committed behind a passion to do something. I think if, if we as professionals and as future healthcare professionals going to be serving uh, in the community, if we are educating ourselves about this, we will be more informed uh, citizens of, of our world. And Sri, my next question is, humanity and health is always doing such innovative, such creative activities. So what are some projects that have been conducted by the organization? I know you mentioned Dr. J Janet Hankin. Um, what partnership is there with her? Yeah, so Humanity and Health has a workshop called the Cultural Competence in Modern Health. And we partnered with Dr. Janet Hankin, who is a professor of sociology at Wayne State University. And she just advised us as we developed the workshop and reviewed all of our materials. Okay, amazing. And how many workshops are there and what are they titled and who can register? If I'm interested, can I register or is that only open to like students of, of Wayne State or anybody that is part of only humanity and health? Um, enlighten me. <laughs> Yeah, so because of COVID, we weren't actually able to conduct our workshop in a live format like we originally intended. So, you know, our original plan was to go into Dr. Hankin's class and conduct the workshop to her students. But instead of that, we decided to record our workshop and we split it up into six lectures that were posted to Dr. Hankin's Canva course. I don't know if you're, it's Canva is like a, um, it's kind of like a course platform that college kids use and we later decided to also publish the workshops on the humanity and health website because one of our goals is to make this information as accessible as possible so there's no need to register for the workshops since they currently aren't conducted live 
And the six workshops titles, we broke it up into six lectures and we developed like a course, a course form, uh, one of those like course format things. So the syllabus. Yeah, a syllabus. Sorry, the word just <laughs> escaped my mind. No so, worries. <laughs> the first lecture is called Foundations of Cultural Competency. The second lecture is Race, Ethnicity, and Other Differences. The third one is Traditional Methods of Healing. The fourth one is religion and five is holistic health. And last but not least, we have LGBTQ and healthcare. Oh, we actually have one more and it's exploring the patient and provider relationship. I think those topics are so beautiful just because it breaks down um, in actuality, truly cultural competence. And, and it's so inclusive that now you've also included LGBTQ plus healthcare. And the last topic really like blends in how the physician caters and provides a a platform with the physician and that communication and dialogue so i think i think that's truly incredible to see um this developed but sri during the covid19 pandemic do you feel that maybe um volunteers or views on maybe the instagram account or maybe a participation in these cultural workshops have increased or is there no way to maybe track this um yeah there's it's kind of hard to really mention to measure because humanity and health first started during the COVID-19 pandemic so there's not really a before and after mm -hmm. that we can compare ourselves to yeah definitely and do you believe that only healthcare professionals need to be culturally competent and culturally sensitive no, I don't think that it's just healthcare professionals. And I actually participated in the Community Homeless Interprofessional Clinic at Wayne State University with their med students. And, you know, the clinic really showed me how multidisciplinary healthcare really is. You know, it's not just doctors and nurses and pharmacists working with these patients. It's also social workers and sometimes lawyers, physical therapists. And so I think these professions also require a certain level of cultural competency. I definitely agree with you on that as many people as we can educate about the importance of cultural competency, the more uh, peaceful and just so community can actually be. Um, but going back to the workshops, why do you believe and maybe why does Dr. Janet believe that these workshops will do wonders in say the healthcare industry? Um, yeah, so this is in part just being aware that disparities exist and educating ourselves about cultural competence and different healthcare practices among other communities. But to actually implement them is really more of a mindset thing. And this is kind of a little sneak peek into my next blog post, but I talk a lot about implicit bias and how oftentimes we make preconceived notions about other people based on their appearance without even realizing it. And that's really just all about mindset. And the reason I think that these workshops would do a lot of benefit is because it makes you really question whether you were aware of other people's healthcare beliefs and practices and values and just really self-reflect. And the sooner we start making efforts to think inclusively, the better. Definitely, I, I agree with you. The, the biases implicit, um, they really do play a part. And unfortunately, even during healthcare, there's professionals or medical students that I've spoken to who have by mistake misgendered a, a patient or they've had their belief systems come in the way of interacting with the patient. And that has significantly damaged the entire healthcare system. Um, but this is definitely what we need. We need more cultural competency. And Sri, have you been able to track maybe how many students or how many people have maybe 
learned or used the workshops that you guys have uh, humanity has humanity and health has created I can't really give a concrete number as to how many people attended since the workshops were all pre-recorded and published to Canva and our website. So I'd give an estimate of however many students take Dr. Hankins' class and however many students watch the recorded lectures on the Humanity and Health website. Amazing. And so what is next for Humanity and Health? Are there any exciting plans? Yeah, so I'm hoping to be able to eventually conduct these workshops in person with Dr. Hankin just to expand their reach. And I'm also currently planning some fundraisers to donate to organizations that help fight healthcare disparities. Amazing. These are such incredible uh, upcoming plans. And um, I, if and whenever you host these workshops live in person, do like send me an invite and um, do keep in touch. But where can listeners, before I let you go, where can listeners follow Humanity and Health? Where is uh, Humanity Health available? Is it only on Instagram? No, we actually have a website. It's www.humanityandhealth.org. And you can also follow us, follow us on Instagram at Humanity and Health. We also have a Spotify, Apple, and Google podcast available. It's called Discovering Humanity and Health. And I just interview current healthcare professionals about how they're implementing cultural competence and taking action steps to reduce healthcare disparities. That's amazing. Um, and before I let you go, Sri, I just want to thank you so much for coming onto the PMED podcast, for um, sharing your views and for telling us about humanity and health. And um, I just forgot to ask you one question, which was how, it, how does humanity and health, in your definition, serve humanity? Well, it's more of serving humanity through healthcare professionals. So it's just um, the podcast aims to expand the, expand the mindset of future healthcare professionals just by listening to the experiences of current healthcare professionals as they implement cultural competence in their practice. And before I let you go, I just want to thank you so much for coming onto the PureMed podcast, for sharing your views, for being such a wonderful guest, and for uh, accommodating. And I, I wish humanity and health all the best. I'm sending you virtual hugs because I think you're doing such a great job as a high school thank student. You. So keep up what you do. And I hope you know that you serve as an inspiration for girls in your community, for young leaders, and future healthcare professionals. So truly amazing job, Trinity. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to the PureMed podcast. It means the world to have a supportive audience from 20 plus countries and counting. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to stay updated. Feel free to share it with friends and family members. And more importantly, please follow Humanity in Health. For further information, follow us on social media or email us at peermedfoundation at gmail.com. We here at PeerMed are excited to bring you new content, stories, and conversations week in and week out. We cannot wait to see our new and familiar faces here back each episode. Thank you for tuning in. Stay safe, stay healthy.